Welcome back to the Let's Make a Movie podcast. Uh, my name is Travis, and I'm here with Kraft, uh, one of your hosts on the show. So let's dive into today's topic, Travis, which is? So this week, uh, we we reached out to our fans uh, on last week's episode, and we requested that you guys email us at let's make a movie at thriftymediaco.com. And we got a suggestion from our good friend, Travis Tilton, and he sent us a sci-fi thriller suggestion from Christopher Nolan. Uh, he said that we should watch The Prestige, uh, which I'm just gonna I'm just gonna start because yeah, I I love this movie. It's really good and like no joke. I'm so glad that somebody else outside of myself picked this movie. <laughs> um, the, Hugh Jackman and uh, why can't I Christian, Christian Bale? Yeah, my goodness, go. yeah, <laughs> he's an actor. Um, Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale should make more movies together. They, they really should make need babies to. together, but that's not possible with modern science yet. <laughs> but I mean, if they if they had a child, like he'd be the perfect actor, um, or she. It's twenty or whatever. Don't they, be sexist, Travis. Whatever they pick when they grow up, people are gonna hate this episode now. It's gonna be great. Which is funny because people love the first episode. <laughs> but uh, but no, it's all so downhill from here. I personally love the Prestige. Uh, we'll get into the details here shortly. Um, what did you think about it, Crafty? I so I love the Prestige, but it's one of those. So it's just like with Inception. I had to watch Inception like eight million times to get everything that was going on. And it's by the same director, Christopher Nolan. Um, and so I watched he the really likes to mess with people's brains. He does like even in the dark night, like that's what he does best in the trilogy is like, he takes your mind and he just explodes it by the end of the film. And so the entire time I'm watching the prestige, there were parts and stuff where I'm confused and I'm, I'm questioning things and I'm trying to figure stuff out. So I actually like today before uh, we recorded this episode, uh, while I was working at Starbucks, like I was listening to YouTube videos, helping explain some stuff from the prestige to me that like, cause I was just lost in some areas. Because like, as we discussed last week, we're not qualified to review this. So <laughs> you had to go to a YouTube video to tell you like what which, to think about. One of the channels I looked at was the Wisecrack channel, uh, which they just make fun of stuff even in their reviews and things like that. So I got some good joy out of it while I was listening to it. But yes, we're not movie experts. That's why I had to seek help. <laughs> We, uh, we, well, we sought help as well. Like we don't, so we don't just review these movies ourselves. Uh, we, we did last week because that was our first episode. Uh, we kind of kicked that off. Right. Um, but then from here on out, it's going to be, it's going to be a guest suggestion or, uh, or just a, a, a listener suggestion. And so what, what I love is, uh, Travis Tilton is actually like semi qualified. I think, uh, he, uh, he worked at a vintage, um, video museum. Some of you might've heard of it. It's called blockbuster. Um, <laughs> he worked there for like three years. Uh, so he's probably seen like more movies than all of us combined, but he had, uh, some awesome things to say about this film. And one of my, one of my favorite things that he writes about this is the director uses 146 time jump cuts in this film to weave a plot and storyline that keeps you guessing until the last second of the movie. What's cool about Christopher Nolan as a director is he, as you said, he doesn't just do that in this film. He does it in almost all of his films. Mm -hmm. What I love the most about this film is you don't know who the good guy is. Right. There is no, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like between uh, Two-Face and Batman. Right. Like who, who is, is Two-Face a bad person? I don't know. He's just dealing with, you know, pain that he had. Um, and he's just 
responding emotionally. Same with Batman. That's how Batman became Batman. Uh, but like in this movie, you have you have Hugh Jackman, who is kind of a snob about magic mm-hmm. from the get go. Like the first scene uh, is them. One of the first scenes is Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale meeting each other before they go to perform for this other magician uh, as like understudies or whatever. And Hugh Jackman's like, where did this guy come from? And, and, uh, which I love Hugh Jackman plays a really good pretentious jerk in films, just in general, like even in the greatest showman where he wasn't supposed to be a pretentious jerk, you know, like he came across as one in certain scenes of that film. Like I think Hugh Jackman just has that ability to like, even though he's a really nice guy at heart, can turn on jerk mode like that. Well, yeah, and their performances, both of their performances are totally balanced out by Michael Caine. Um, again, another Christopher Nolan Michael like, Caine. legend. That's what I said. I know. Oh, uh, I was <laughs> confusing so much. Oh, my gosh. Do you know if you say Michael Caine in his voice really quickly, it sounds like Michael Caine? I'm not trying that <laughs> on a recorded line. Um, but, like... <laughs> I've lost it now. There's, there's no going back from here. So what I love about Michael Caine's role in this film is that he he balances out Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale. And his, Michael Caine's role changes throughout the film. And I don't want to spoil anything because if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. Yes. Um, and this is one of those movies where any moment that you kind of talk about that's past like the beginning is giving something away. No, for sure. Um, but... I absolutely love that both of the guys, Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale, start out together in this endeavor to be better at magic. Mm-hmm. And it becomes this literally life-threatening struggle between the two right? Um, for who's the better magician. And I, every single moment of this movie is a plot twist. It is. And I love, I love how they incorporate the three tenets of magic into the actual film right so like i actually wrote them down because like i would have forgot them but there's the pledge right like there's there's that idea of like hey like this is just regularly a deck of cards you know like this is just an ordinary bird or a hat like they're they're showing the audience that hey like this is ordinary but then there's that turn and there's the twist and there's that thing that happens you're like oh wait a minute what are they gonna do and then boom the pledge where the crazy thing actually does happen and like the actual all three parts of the movie are like that. Like it's split into those segments of like, it's introducing, it's setting it up. It gets to that point where it's like, Oh, Hey, like what's going on here. I'm all confused. And then boom, right at the very end, you're like, what? Right. It's the prestige. <laughs> it's the prestige that blows your mind. Right. And you don't, you don't know what to do with yourself. And it's, it's so, so good because even though you're, a, you're obviously an outside watcher, you know, you're not involved in this story. Uh, they never, the tricks are never revealed to you. The ones that actually matter to the plot. Right. Like that, you know, there's the, there's parts where they show you like what happens to the bird when the cage, when the cage is crushed and all that stuff. Yeah. But those, those aren't the tricks that, de- that define the film. And so the tricks that define the film, you never learn about until the last two minutes of the movie. Yeah. Which hurt my brain so <laughs> much. I, I remember the first time I watched this, like I got to the end and uh, Travis uh, Tilton said the same thing. He said the same thing. He says, The Prestige is the first movie that gave me an urge to immediately rewatch the movie as soon as the credits started rolling. Like, I wanted to restart this film immediately. Right. 
to understand, wait, hold on. How did I miss this? Did they show this to us as yeah. we were watching the movie? Well, that and that's why like I had to to prep for this review. Like I actually had to sit down and do some research because I didn't have time between getting the film idea and actually going to record this podcast to watch it multiple times. But as I'm like looking stuff up about this film, I'm like, no, wait, that makes so much more sense now that I understand that. Like the whole part with I I want to describe stuff, but I also don't want to spoil at the same time. So like I feel like I should say like spoiler alert right so, now. It's so hard. Because the whole thing with Christian Bale that blows my mind is he's a twin. <laughs> ah, you did it. I said spoiler alert. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so it's all on them, but like that that like I was like, whoa, wait. Just because there's a choking hazard on a toy doesn't mean you're allowed to eat it. Continue on. <laughs> you can't be upset. It's okay. I've seen the film. It's hopefully our listeners that aren't disappointed. And what you've done. You know, actually, uh, a listener texted me this past week and told me that they had not seen Hot Fuzz or Hot Rod. Like, they hadn't seen either films. Their time is coming on. So, <laughs> uh, when was the Prestige even released? I feel 2008. Like... Oh, that's 10 years ago. It's 10 years. That's, you can't. No. So, spoiler embargo ends after a year. Is that the rule? I think so. That's my rule, at least. Like. So, Star Wars, The Last Jedi, right? Like, it's just become acceptable in December. 2006. For, so, like, 12 years. We're fine. My bad. <laughs> you know? So, like, my thing, too, is, like, December is when it just became acceptable for me to start talking about Star Wars spoilers from Episode 7. So. Yeah. So, okay. I agree with you, though. He's a, he's a twin. And, again, I can't. I can't give it all away. Um, I don't want to give it all away. No, you can't give it all away. But like, even how they intertwine, intertwine, intertwine that throughout the film, you know, like where you're like, why is this guy so different in all these different scenes? And then you go, oh no, like, like this makes so much more sense. And then at the very end when he shows up and there's that final scene with him and Hugh Jackman that I won't spoil because I want to, I'll leave that part out for you. Like, oh, you're like, this isn't supposed to be happening right now. Yeah, I, it. I got a hint. I got a hint of, of like who Christian Bale was and what he was yeah. doing early on in the film. But it's one of those things where, again, even though you're the outside viewer, like you're watching a movie, you're not in the story. Um, you still don't have all the answers. No, for sure. And it was so frustrating because it's like, what is his, what is his game here? Right. And there's like one line three quarters through the movie where I was like, I know what is going on with, uh, with Christian Bale. Like yeah. I know. Uh, and it's when, it's when he's in that, it's when he's in that fight with his wife. Yeah. He's like, he's like, you take care of her. And I'm like, what, what? No. So I'm not going to say what that is, but I'm, yeah, but I'm going to leave it at that. And, um, but yeah, so I, I thoroughly enjoyed this, uh, this film and and everything about it's just mind bending, just absolute stunning, stunning showmanship, right on on screen. And then um, it definitely has that thriller aspect of every turn, something crazy is happening. And you are, I was I was watching this again today at work, and so sorry if my boss ends up listening. I'm not very productive. Uh, so I'm, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat at work on accident. 
I almost fell out of my rolling chair at work because my face was half an inch from my screen. Like I've seen this movie, but what happens next? You know? So (laughs) no, it's it's one of those ones I'm excited to go back and rewatch having some new information and knowing what to look out for. Cause even in uh, the reviews that I was watching to prep for this review, uh, they were like, the thing you have to pay attention to is that each scene, there's something happening that is going on for the much bigger story at hand that you might miss out on. Yeah. Uh, which man, it's really funny because you haven't read Travis's review. I haven't. And, and I have, but you keep hitting on like some great things that, that he, that he brings to light. Uh, he says both Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman bring to life the rivaling magicians of Alfred Borden and Robert Angier put their initials together and you get Abra. Now all you need is Cadabra. And that's what you get. The whole film is just pure magic. Right. Um, it, everything is, is magical, even though, you know, it's supposed to be fake. And that's the whole, that's part of the whole premise of the, of the movie from the very beginning. It says, are you watching closely? And it says, even though you're watching, you don't want to know what the truth is. You want it to be mysterious and and unknown. And that's what this whole film is, is every moment is unknown. Also, can we talk about the fact that David Bowie plays Nikola Tesla? Do you know, I didn't know that until I looked up IMDb. Yeah. uh, The other day. So I looked it up because I was curious. Like, why is David David Bowie doesn't act? Like, why is he in this film? Turns out, like, uh, Christopher Nolan like wanted somebody who was just charismatic for the Nikola Tesla role. Like, he didn't even want a good actor. He's like, I just want to find somebody who is naturally charismatic, and he just found passive, David Bowie. Passive aggressively called David Bowie not a good actor. Well, he he's great in the film, but he never acts in anything else. Right? He's, he is definitely in another major film. It's called Labyrinth. And it's huge. And it's from the 80s. I haven't seen Labyrinth. I'm not going to judge you, though, because last week I said The Village uh, was a Stephen King film. And that's definitely story. M. Night Shyamalan. And, M. Night and Shyamalan. you put some crazy evil on Stephen King that didn't need to go on him. I am so sorry to any Stephen King fans and anybody else who paid it close enough attention to know that I'm an idiot and messed that up. But the funny thing is, though, like, because we did, we did get a message from a good friend of ours who was like, hey, like, don't put that evil on Stephen King. Like it was an M night Shyamalan movie. And I feel like I just want to say this because it's a movie podcast. M night Shyamalan gets such a bad rap sometimes, but glass and split and that whole, you just named his worst movies. Those three, this trilogy that he's working on is amazing. I'm sorry. Whatever. Anyway, um, (laughs) back to the movie at hand. Um, It's, it's a great, it's a great movie. Yeah. And we definitely recommend watching it for the sci-fi thriller uh, aspect. Check out everything else Christopher Nolan does, whether it's Inception, the Dark Knight trilogy. Right. You have it. Like anything Christopher Nolan does is amazing. You need to watch it. Uh, it'll probably mess with your mind a little bit and that's okay. Just be be prepared to have your mind messed with. And also that these movies are like, they're typically long. So like mark out some time. Yeah. Uh, Prestige was a little over two hours. Yeah. So. It was like 2.30, wasn't it? Something yeah, like that? It was 2.10. 2.10. Like yeah. Cool. But so w- what we're going to go on to now is what we're going to do every week. So every week we're going to introduce a guest, which unfortunately Travis can be here with us this week, but he did provide the suggestion uh, and he gave us the review um, of his. So we're going to introduce a guest, kind of spitball with them, talk about the review of the movie that we're watching that week uh, and the, the theme. And then every week we're going to do a uh, we're going to do a random word generator. And we're going to actually create the plot line right. 
for a film of that of that genre. So this week was sci-fi thriller with prestige. So we're actually going to uh, take a quick break and head to uh, the the word generator and see what see what we get out of that. Sounds good. All right. So like Travis said, every week we're going to do a random word generator. We're going to get four words this week from the random word generator that are going to drive the plot of our film. This week it's sci-fi thriller, just like the movie Prestige. So Travis, just like last week, I'm going to start hitting enter here and you tell me when to stop. You all probably can't hear it as well, but I absolutely hate the noise of this clicking like keyboard thing. It wasn't that bad in episode one. Stop. Oh, what do we got? What do we got? What's the so, magic? So the oh, magic. No, no pun intended. <laughs> Is the word slide. So, you know, going down a slide. Rest, root, and quota. Like, I have a quota to meet. I have something I have to, so many things I have to do. We have to come up with a sci-fi thriller for these four words. This is going to be difficult. Last week was so much easier. Last week was definitely difficult. It was, like, handed to us on a silver platter. Um, Beginner's luck. So, thoughts. Kind of brewing. Okay. A child, right? So, it's it starts off with this kid. He's, like, 12, 13 years old, right? Um, this, this 12, 13 year old kid, uh, finds a magical slide, but he doesn't know like it's magical or does anything like that. Like, and so he just slides down this slide one day and this hole opens up in the ground and he falls through this hole. It's like an Alice in Wonderland kind of thing, but not Alice in Wonderland. Okay. And it takes him to this dimension maybe, or this like world that, I'm trying to think of like a good sci-fi thriller thing and I'm bad at the whole thriller aspect, but But this is like the initial concept of you're good. Okay. You're okay. I think you're on a great, great start. So, all right. Kid, um, ends up accidentally like slipping into a hole, right? Right. Slides into, uh, maybe not another dimension. I'm thinking like, uh, thinking like a journey to the center of the earth type deal. What if he finds like an underground city? Okay. Okay. I was, uh, that, dwells in like a giant like in like the roots of a tree Ooh! so and the like the sci-fi part obviously is like definitely um there uh with that but uh and then i'm thinking that there's some kind of being that lives in these trees okay or lives in the roots uh deep deep beneath the earth's crust there's this uh there's these massive roots that come down from the oldest trees on the planet yeah. kind of deal. This kid finds it uh, kind of, I liked your idea of like Alice in Wonderland uh, where the kid lands in this place. First response, magical, amazing. This is super neat. And then finds out this place is actually a nightmare. Right. Uh, and these beings that live in these tree roots have a quota that they have to meet. They, they have to harvest so many humans oh. to keep to keep their world alive to keep their world under our world alive yeah that's ooh that's interesting like and that's like and then that like satisfies the thriller part of it right so the kids like trying to get away they live within the roots um what if along the way like he's running from like he's running from people at first he gets he meets this he meets this like really friendly being uh, whatever we're going to call it. Let's call them roots. Let's just call them the roots for simplicity's sake. 
not the band, but we're, like we're going to reach the older generation with this one. <laughs> so he keeps running into these root people, and uh, the first one like is very kind and cordial to him. Uh, brings him to his home is you know gives him like food like is there taking care he's like i understand you're lost don't worry we're gonna get you home it's gonna be okay but then tries to kill the boy and the boy like freaks out like starts running from the shrewd person runs out the door he keeps like trying to find rest like our word in the random word generally he's trying to find safety he's trying to find uh that place where he can just be and he's trying to get out because he feels so unsafe here because once this guy tried to kill him he hears like uh, over this like speaker thing or this loud intercom or whatever it is, like people go, there's a human here. We got to find the human. This this whole tree root system has a <laughs> has an interwoven uh, intercom system, so they can communicate across the. Across well, they the, have a way to communicate. Place. I'm just yeah. trying to like loudspeaker, loudspeaker, or There's a lot of human technology in this. Anyway, <laughs> they're advanced tree root beings. Yeah, so um, I'm thinking <coughs> he eventually escapes. Yeah, um, this is that is he escapes, and once he escapes, uh, he this is like the midway point of of the movie. So he has discovered he's discovered this location. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of freaked out. Uh, he finds he doesn't know yet why. He doesn't know yet why they're right, like why they're so hostile towards him all of a sudden. Um, all they know is that he was greeted real nice at first, and then it turns into something like super scary. And I'm thinking that he he flees, uh, kind of like uh, Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe type deal, where Mr. Tumnus yeah. brings in um, the little girl. I can't think of her name at the moment, and I don't want to risk making someone else angry. Uh, so, uh, Lucy Pevensey. Yes. Ah, there we go. See, I got it. Okay. So, uh, Mr. Tumnus brings in Lucy and he's like, oh, you know, here's a spot of tea. Here's some, uh, here's some sweets. Um, and it's like, I'm going to kidnap you now. Uh, and I think that kind of like similar exchange happens between, between this root person and this boy, uh, which, so he flees. He doesn't really know why they need him. He gets back to the surface. Mm -hmm. Naturally. Rambles, uh, rambles on and on about finding these tree people. Yeah, uh, craziness. Um, no one believes him. No one believes him. But as we all know, the government is always listening. <laughs> uh, and Big Brother. Big, yeah. So Big Brother begins to investigate. Um, begins to investigate this hole that this kid tripped into. Right. Uh, and soon they send like, they send like negotiators and everything like that. And that's when they figure out these people, these root people are aggressive Mm. because like they're trying to live and they have this, they have so many bodies and so many, like, uh, so many bodies that they have to harvest to survive. Um, and then that begins like, I think it'd be cool though, too. If like, there's a scene where like the investigators go down, they meet the root people and then because the people are like so close to dying, like they immediately kill one of the investigators when they turn their back. I think that would be crazy. They harvest him. Oh, and then yeah. they like the rest of the investigators turn to shoot the tree people, but the guns don't work on them. Like they just kind of like 
go through them, but their body just like they're, regenerates. They're like biomass. They're like right. biological matter. That like, like, yeah. like they're living, but they can't be killed like a human can be killed, you know? Yeah. Um, like they literally die if they just don't have food. Like that's the only way they die. And so they're like, oh, what do we what do we do now? Because these root people can come to the surface and just harvest all of humanity if we don't keep them safe. Yeah. And then so I'm thinking uh, I like that. I like that. Uh, Kind of like an avatar type situation where uh, this boy, you know, the boy finds him. Boy figures out why they're why they're so aggressive. And. So what he ends up doing is he finds out the only reason they're so aggressive is because they're just trying to survive. Mm-hmm. He's not they he uh, the people are not actually trying to kill them because they enjoy killing and they want to wipe out the human race. In fact, the human race is how they've survived so long. Um, so instead, he wants to find the one that befriended him in the first place, right? Uh, and kind of be like the negotiator between between the two. So midway ending point of the movie kid goes down to the city. Like he, he sneaks back into the hole. He opens the door to this dude's house. The dude freaks out the, the route he originally met. Yeah. And uh, they have this dialogue, this conversation and through this conversation with this root being, he learns that, Oh wait, you only have to do this like every hundred years. You only have to harvest so many people every hundred years. So we have the hunger games. No, I'm just kidding. We so many movies, right? You know, they only have to harvest people so many, like every hundred years or something like that. And so this is the, they're like one person away from completing the harvest. Oh boy. And so, so we got to have, we got to find some kind of like reconciliation here. Cause it's either there, there's three options, right? right? Either the humans are wiped out, the root people are wiped out or uh, somewhere in there, there has to be like some kind of search for an alternative uh, resource for, right. for the root people. So so jellyfish. My my thought with this boy is he he sacrifices himself to be the last person to allow the roots to live another hundred years, right? Okay. So he sacrifices himself, like that's one of the big climactic scenes of this film. But then because of what this boy did and because he was trying to negotiate peace between the root people and the humans, we flash forward to a hundred years later. Um however you want to do that and like <laughs> with video editing with video editing cgi all that fun stuff it's like you know pretty player one um but with uh 100 years later like we don't see above ground earth we just see uh what are prisoners uh during that 100 year time period like death row prisoners or prisoners who have in prison for life kind of a thing being sent down into the hole to die to keep the root people alive and because of the root people's knowledge and their way of helping the environment or something like that like there's maybe some way for them to benefit the humans while the humans are benefiting them by sending these people who were either going to die because of death row anyway uh down to the root people or something like that it sounds like there's going to end up being a sequel to this where like the inmates rise and try to take down the root people that would actually be really cool but but that's that's for another like there's a a sequel movie. There's a we, wrongful accused yeah. inmate. Like when we circle back to sci-fi thriller right. genre, we're going to be like, oh yeah, we got to make a sequel now. We'll make a sequel of the root film <laughs> or whatever we end up calling it. Whatever us. we end up calling it. Right. Yeah. So this movie incorporates like so many different like thrillers. You're like giddy. 
I, I know because it's so many different like thriller movies yeah. and science and science fiction movies. Which thriller is probably it's one of my favorite genres, but I'm so bad at conceptualizing like what a good thriller could be because that's not where I what shocks people, right? And that's not where I live naturally. So like even in this conversation that we're having of creating this film, I feel like this can be one of my weaker ones and ideas and like things like we're gonna look back on this episode and go. Oh, uh, like we could have did this better, something like that. Because I, when it comes to thriller, I'm just not a big. Believe in yourself. I'm not a big like. Believe in yourself. I'm not a big like, and this is the twist kind of guy. <laughs> what? What? So what? Part of this reminded me of. So we. So we've got, Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe, <laughs> where you know, kid being kidnapped by a foreign creature. Right. Um, we've got a little bit of Avatar, where the inhabitants are being attacked by humans and vice versa kind of deal. But again, you kind of can't tell who the bad guy is or the humans, the bad people or the, <coughs> excuse me, are the root folks, the bad people. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie arrival. It's a terrible movie. Don't waste two and a half hours watching it, but it's got Jeremy Renner and Nicole Kidman in it. I've not seen it. And, or it's not Nicole Kidman. Somebody else is going to yell at me now. Uh, Amy Adams. I'm so sorry. They're not the same human, but, They're it, not definitely, at all. <laughs> but it definitely has Jeremy Renner in it. Uh, and like they send this negotiator to go negotiate with these aliens. Uh, and it's just so many aspects of, of science fiction, of thrillers. I feel happy with what we've, with what I, we've gotten like, to. Here. I'm really happy. And there's now potential for a sequel with, right. uh, with inmate harvestees. Har- I don't know. Right. And maybe it's not every hundred years. Maybe it's like every 50 years. It's be and like, like a matrix type thing. Where right. Did, did another sci-fi thriller. Where, um, where like people are waking up in pods and it's like, oh, you've been like harvested for these things for a hundred years. Or <laughs> I guess, uh, yeah, we have, we have, we have done good here. This is the best we have collaborized, uh, so many, that's a new word, uh, so many sci-fi thrillers at this point that, uh, yeah, we have, we, so, all right, we got to lay it out. The actor who plays the boy. Because I feel like that's the major role of this film. You and I, we uh, while we were discussing this plot line, <laughs> uh, Crafty over here uh, decided to look up the perfect actor. And I completely agree with it. Who is that actor? The Crafty? actor is Ganton Matarazzo? I can't say it. It's Gay- the- Gayton Matarazzo. Gayton Matarazzo. He's the American actor from Netflix's Stranger Things who plays Dustin Henderson. Uh, the, Dusty. The, Dusty, the bigger of the kids. Um, but he's so goofy and silly. And I feel like he would, uh, just like in stranger things where he can like bring one comic relief to these crazy scenarios, but also is in those crazy scenarios and can act scared and frightful. Why are these root people trying to eat us? Right. Like, I feel like he would want to do that. And then, but then he goes and friends like a deadly lizard. Yeah. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Whoops. That one's been out a year. Yeah. Has it? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. They release like every Halloween. Like we're getting a season three soon, right? December first. Uh, wow, that's late. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Gaten Matarazzo will definitely yes. be the kid star. So um, Gaten, if you're listening to this man, hit us up. We'd love to love to film this with you. If you got let's some, a, let's make a film. You, let's you make a movie with me. Let's make a movie podcast and the Let's Make a Movie Film franchise. Uh, oh. If you have money and capital, that'd be great too, because we're broke. <laughs> uh, M. Night Shyamalan, uh, if you could fund this uh, and direct and be, and be the director, um, I'll never forget like what I said, movies you direct again. He is he gets a bad rap. I don't think he's as bad as he think he is. 
So title for this movie, title title for this uh, for this sci-fi thriller blockbuster that we're that we're planning here. Beneath the trees. Got a lot of going under themes. We're only on our second episode here, and we've got two like maybe that's a prophecy for this podcast. It's going under, <laughs> going under. Um, the world below. The world below. What lies beneath? That sounds like it's something that already exists. Probably. But there's nothing new under the sun as we are discussing with this collaboration and pulling stuff from other movies unintentionally. Um, I know, but yeah, what lies beneath that, I don't know. That it sounds good. Me the wrong way you don't reason. like it? No, it rubs me the wrong way for some reason. Um, um, I like the idea, like. Um, rooted. Yeah. Which I mean, rooted sounds like a bad Christian series. Yeah, that's, for what's, a great that's what's great about it. If we steal, if we steal the title, that then we can save the world from any bad Christian movie called Rooted. <laughs> and again, that's probably already a film, but it's too late. We're well, we're taking it. And I want to do an episode like in the future one day where we talk about bad Christian films. Bad Christian films. I feel like that would be so much fun. It would be that, <laughs> one day. We got to get our, one of our pastor friends on here one day. Yeah. So, so many of them, but uh, no. Yeah. I think uh, so rooted so sounds rooted. good. Um, and I think, I think this is a good film. Like I'm confident. I was a little nervous at first. I was like, even going into it, my idea, I was like, how do I, how do I make this sci-fi enough? Like, cause I'm strong in the sci-fi end, but I'm, I'm weak in the thriller end. I feel so. I'm, I'm appreciative of you helping bring out some good ideas today, Travis. Yeah, and I and I look forward to I look forward to episodes where uh, we'll actually get to have live guests. Um, are like like I said earlier, unfortunately, Travis couldn't make today. Right. Um, it's not going to just be us two spitballing terrible movies. Uh, I take that back. Blockbuster films uh, <laughs> on our own. We're gonna we're gonna have more people helping us. For um, sure. Unfortunately, we we do the generator like as we're here, as we're talking. And so right. if somebody's not here with us, it's really hard to get their idea. Cause our goal is to release these podcasts weekly or as weekly as often as possible. So the, the statement that I would like to make in regards to the frequency is yeah, as, as weekly as, as possible. Yeah, that is, <laughs> yeah, that is the most accurate statement that can be made about how often we will release these. Cause there's going to be weeks we miss. And if we know we're going on a prolonged hiatus, like, hey, we're not going to release for a month or two, like, we'll tell you that up front and all that fun stuff. Because uh, I'm sure there'll be a season where it'll be difficult for us to record, like, around Christmas time or something like that. Uh, but the goal is, like, as weekly as possible, we're going to release the show. We're going to do all that fun stuff. So, yeah. And so uh, so last week when, uh, when we aired this, um, we were giving away $10 Fandango gift cards. So that'll be, that'll be coming up. Who won that? So yeah, stay tuned to the very end of the show. Yeah. After uh, we close this out here, you'll hear some music play and then boom, you'll hear who the winner is because we're actually recording this podcast on a Tuesday and the giveaway goes until Friday. And so we want to make sure we give ample time for anyone who was participating in the giveaway to uh, get into it. We don't want to pick a winner on Tuesday when we set it in on Friday because that's just wrong. Yeah. So at the very end of the show, after the music plays, you will hear, hey, this is the winner. So so what are we, uh, are we, are we giving something away? Are we... We're giving away Season a $10 folks. Fandango gift card. That was the... Another one? Not for that's this week. I, that's what I'm asking. Oh, so you're like, asking Are we for... giving away another... Like, are we going to keep rewarding our listeners? Because I feel like we should. Because, I mean, people who listen to such a good podcast should be rewarded. They should. But 
let's hold off on another giveaway for right now because I have some I have some cool ideas that I want to work towards and I want to build up some more hype around it before we yep. do our next giveaway. Yeah. So guys, stay tuned to the end of this episode to figure out uh, who won the Fandango gift card from uh, from last week, and then tune into more episodes coming soon. Uh, and we wanna we want to give you free stuff, um, and we can't give you free stuff if you're not listening in and liking, sharing, and commenting on all of our posts. Uh, to that to that point, if you have suggestions for us, uh, how we did, what you want to talk about next, you want to be a guest on the show, fantastic. Uh, email us at let's make a movie at thriftymediaco.com. Yes, that's definitely our email address. That is the email address. I'm proud of you. You look nervous I'm the for one, a second. I'm the one who uh, <laughs> moderates that email address, so I should probably know what it is. And that's definitely the one. And it's really smart that Travis moderates that because I have so much other stuff going on with the Coffee of Craft podcast or the Story of Craft blog that I do. And so it's just, I have a lot on my plate. So I'm really glad you, somebody who, this is like your only content you're producing right now. Uh, So yeah. Guys, thank you so much. Uh, We will see you within the next week as possible. (laughs) Hey guys, have a great week. Hey y'all, it's Eric from Let's Make a Movie. Just wanted to do a real quick ending to let you know that the winner of our giveaway for the $10 Fandango gift card was Jennifer Bullock. So thank you, Jennifer, for liking, sharing, and commenting on the posts on Facebook. Hey, if you haven't already followed us on Facebook, check out the uh, Thrifty Media Co. Facebook page at fb.me slash thriftymediaco, all one word, fb.me slash thriftymediaco. Hey, this is Eric, and I hope you'd enjoyed the show. We'll see you next time.